Hey everyone, Guy Redshirt here. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook for more mayhem from Portalville. If your audio device is picking up our interdimensional broadcast, then beware, as you may be the next one to wake up in Portalville. This is your wake-up call. Greetings from Portalville, where the twinkling constellations rearrange themselves quite often. Wait, looks like Ares is morphing as I speak. Um, I guess it's Ares the middle finger now. Good evening, all. I'm August Potts, broadcasting from my cliff-top studio overlooking the distant sea surrounding our great island. Yep, I never said where I was broadcasting from. Now you kind of know. Before we get into the thick of things, let's hear from today's sponsor. Cinco de Mayo celebrations just happened recently. There's no better drink to pair with guacamole than cocolero. Well, we don't actually have avocados here in Portalville, but we do try making dip out of the green pumpkins. Which, um, isn't the same thing at all. Yeah, it's gross. And a bummer. That's why we have booze. But if you live in a dimension with fabulous Cinco de Mayo parties, invite friends over for a night in, watching moving pictures and sipping Cocolero-infused Palomas. Get your bottles at shopcocolero.com. Whatever a dot com is. Time for news around the island. The Portalville Theater of the Arts claims that a group of moviegoers perished in a freak popcorn machine accident during a showing of the new film if you see this movie, you will surely die. The Moving Pictures director, Jay Cheel, has a warning for all cinephiles out there. Stay away from the Portoville Theater at all costs. The film reel is cursed, and all who see my latest project will be doomed with bad luck, tragedy, and violent death. The title even says so, but maybe it's backfiring and tempting you all too much. Well... I personally saw director Cheel's latest movie, and nothing bad happened to me. Although my apartment complex did burn down. That's peculiar. Next in news, the Portable Traffic Commissioner is reporting a bizarre emergency this morning and has a warning to all busy commuters. Interstate 13 itself has completely vanished from this reality, including all maps created in the past 10 years. It may fade from our memories soon as well, so I recommend finding an alternate route. Meanwhile, the citizens of Portoville are reeling from the loss of two of its young members. The bodies of Beth Nichols and Lynn Chapman were found murdered last week in what authorities insist were vicious, rabid lichen attacks. The bodies of the women were mutilated so badly that they had to be identified from early dental records. The grieving families of the victims have declined autopsies, and both women will be laid to rest this following weekend at Resurrection Memorial Cemetery. All Portalville residents are invited to attend and celebrate the lives of these young women. Local shops have experienced a surge in sales as panicked citizens rush to purchase silver bullets and silver-infused weaponry for protection against this renegade werewolf. Magistrate Renault held a press conference earlier today. I <coughs> am. As your mayor, local protector, and head of law enforcement in Portalville, I should be asking you to stay calm and collected. But fuck that! This is the perfect time to panic. 
There's a goddamn fucking rabbit werewolf on the loose killing folks, and we have no idea where it's hiding. We need to be suspicious. Trust no one. It could be any one of you people out there. That shifty-eyed neighbor who mows his lawn regularly like a psychopath, or that weird uncle who stares a little too much, know what I mean? Buy up the silver bullets, ransack the stores, PANIC! While my condolences go out to the Nichols and Chapman families, and I do not wish to open fresh wounds, something is fishy about this case, and I want to get to the bottom of it. At the risk of sounding off my rocker, I don't believe this is a mere pair of werewolf attacks. As you all know, I'm a journalist, and above all else, I stand for the truth, which must be exposed. If not for the public, then at least for the peace of mind of the families of Beth and Lynn. But, if I'm wrong, I am prepared to eat my words. It's like a goddamn Ren Faire out there. <laughs> that was almost the same entrance as last time. So weird. Hey, Jack, do you have to open every door so violently? I'm just really strong. So, there's been a third killing in an alley on the West End. A third murder? I haven't heard of this yet. How did you come by this information? I, uh, have a connection at the PSC who tipped me off before the newspapers got wind of this. The investigators want to keep this situation under wraps so the, uh, public doesn't get any more frenzied. How do you work out that deal? Sounds like you might have given her a tip. <clears throat> uh, let's go look at the crime scene. It's not far from here. You're about to see how the big boys do it. Do what? Uh, crime scening? Or is it detectiving? Okay, let's go. I'll bring my portable sound wave broadcaster with us. You mean that fucking crazy looking boombox with the gigantic antennas? <laughs> the what? <laughs> Never mind. You're just killing my rad vibe a little. We can get to the West End quicker by cutting through the woods, but it's going to be a bit of a walk still. And since we have time, I have some questions for you, Detective Jack. Go ahead. Shoot. So, what happened to your last partner? I mean, where you're from. Yeah, guess you want the whole story, huh? Since we're gonna have a precarious, love-hate, action-movie relationship. Nope. Um, where's that music coming from? It was 1985. Miami. Spring break. The heat was so extreme, your sweat would drip onto the pavement and sizzle, and the steam would rise up, scald you, and make you even hotter. Even the dark night couldn't give you relief, especially for the Miami PD. It was a cruel, cruel summer, in more ways than one. The drunk, horny crowds packed the beaches as usual, swarming like sweaty, bikini-clad lemmings, and the department always had a spike in calls around this time of year. I was a rookie detective, just coming up in the ranks, usually sent to handle minor shootings, taking bribes from drug dealers, beating up jaywalkers, that kind of thing. But this was spring break. Miami. The police force was stressed to the max, spread thin as cheese whiz, so when they found a body on the beach, just off the boardwalk, 
Jack Redshirt got the call. That's me. Hey, uh, look, Dan. Is this gonna be a long story? Uh... Yep, but totally rad. I'll never forget how the salty ocean breeze was so torrid, it stung my heavily oiled mustache. The coarse sand stung the bottoms of my feet like molten glass chips. All my senses were heightened, and time slowed down as I walked up to my first murder scene. Like a mile-long odyssey into... hell itself. When I saw the body, I froze. I puked. Got it out of my system. You know, they say you never forget the name of your first homicide case. And I'll never forget hers. It was... Becky something or other. A lifeguard. Not a day over 21. Too young to die like this. I just wish I could have lifeguarded her life. Becky's killer had a flair for the dramatic. Her body was buried deep in the sand, with just her head peeking out, like something a kid would do. A message was written on her forehead in Zinka sunscreen. L-U-L-L. Lol. When the crime scene boys pulled her out, they discovered it was just Becky's torso. Her other limbs were built into nearby sandcastles. A couple quiet, hot days passed. I went to Becky's funeral in my best Hawaiian shirt soup top combo with wicked rad neon green Ray-Bans and Casio G-Shock watch as accessories. Just when we lowered Becky into the ground, I got another call. Another killing at the beach. Same M.O. This boardwalk butcher had struck again. Originally, I wanted to call them the Sandcastle Slaughterer, but decided people would confuse the name with someone who slaughters sandcastles. But I digress. This time, the chief brought in a murder expert to assist me on the case. And that's when I met Vanessa. At first, the two of us butted heads. <laughs> I had my way of doing things. I was a lone wolf. Vanessa was the hard, strong-willed farm girl who became a top cop to escape a boring life in the country. All she wanted to do was impress her drunk of a father, get his approval, and she thought solving murders would get his attention. But her dad died before he could see Vanessa make detective. Vanessa and I worked the clues meticulously, day and night. Sometimes we slept on the floor of the station, but we grew closer, and as a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth victims were found, I found myself falling for her, and as a ninth, tenth, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th victim were found, I knew I loved her, and she fell for me too. Eventually, we worked the case following leads all over Miami. Posh restaurants, swanky dance clubs, you get the idea. I would have followed Vanessa anywhere. And as our love grew, and as the clues stacked up, we figured out that the boardwalk butcher was a serial killer. It took... 14 bodies to figure that out. What were you guys even doing? Sounds like a lot of dating instead of detective work. Yeah, lots of sex. Coke, too. Oh, okay. You're staring off into the distance again. Please don't trip over a stump. You're making me uncomfortable. One night, I lowered the top on my 1980 cherry red Corvette Stingray. I proposed to Vanessa under the blue Miami moonlight. She said yes, of course. At the time, I was the top cop in the city. We were gonna get married by farm, retire from detective work, make little jacks who I could toss a baseball to. But then the unspeakable happened. I got a call. 
The butcher had struck again. I called Vanessa and headed down to the beach, but she never showed up because my Vanessa had become the killer's 28th victim. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's too painful. My condolences. I um, had no clue you were hiding this inside. I'm so sorry. But 28? Yeah. Most people see my hard, macho exterior and muscular action hero physique and think I've got my shit together, but I'm hiding heartbreak and, uh... Ooh, yeah, gonna stop you there. To be continued, right? One last question. Officer Machismo, how'd you escape the cruise ship when everyone else from your timeline has been quarantined by the PSC? <laughs> I guess that monologue's gonna have to wait. We're here. Hey y'all, you two can't be here. For the listeners, you might have forgotten. You're at a crime scene now. Portalville Protectorate only. Damn it! I knew this wasn't going to work. <clears throat> Here's my badge, nerd. Oh, it's a, it's a sorry, detective. Didn't realize you were Miami PD Homicide Division. I haven't heard of that, but that sounds important. Come on in. Goddamn right. She's with me. The body's over here. Try not to get sick, rookie. Me? <laughs> I have an iron stomach from years of detectiving. That's not a word. I'll be fine. Portalville is riddled with roaming, hungry corpses, remember? Here she is, young female, early thirties. Oh, God in heaven, it's brutal. Ugh, face has been disfigured beyond recognition. Throat slashed, perhaps a knife, but we'll need an autopsy to be sure. This is not a werewolf attack. I knew it! No. Maybe a crime of passion, but I'm not really buying that either. This... this is bad. I've never seen a victim like this. Uh, deep surgical incisions starts at the upper sternum and ends at the lower uh, extremities and... Um, wait, what is that? What? There's a thread sticking out of the incision there. I bet those yokel cops didn't even notice. It takes a trained eye like mine to find clues that may seem minute to the uh, untrained eye. Ah, <clears throat> oh, here, I got it. Um, just gonna pull that bloody string out of a dead body with bare hands. Looks like a... Small note, yeah. The killer left this for us to find. A handwritten message on a small piece of, uh... Paper? We'll have to have the material analyzed. What does it say? Just two words. Oh my gosh, stop with the tense beats already. <clears throat> it says, yours truly. What is that supposed to mean? It means we gotta go see those other two bodies. Wait, just, just one more beat. <sighs> oh my god.
Wait for it. Wait for it. At the morgue. This reminds me of a quote. The death of a woman is, unquestionably, the most poetic topic in the world. A quote by a guy obsessed with ravens. And with that, have a wonderful twilight. Wait, we're gonna have two episodes outside the studio? Yep, more detectiving. This is Jack Redshirt. Don't forget you can discover bonus content and listen to us on www.portalvillepodcast.com or any podcast app.